Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech Athletics Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Dude, I am. Um I made a tweet today that we'll talk about later. You it didn't is, make a tweet. Yeah, it is definitely the the food part of food and sports clashing at the goal line. So if you're listening and you don't know about the tweet, it's really I mean I mean I'm I'm teasing it way too much. But just think about a comfort food that you have been conditioned to like or that you're supposed to like, mm-hmm. but you don't. And this is what we're gonna talk about later. That's how I'm leading the podcast in. I hope that was okay. I'm, I'm sure you had something more interesting or actually no. <laughs> Texas Tech sports related. Tangentially, somewhat, somewhere. I am ready for baseball season. Let's put it there that way. There you go. There you go. There's a whole lot of crap with basketball. Nothing really going on with football except outside of the, the signing day, which I think we talked about last week, last time. Yes. Yeah, you did you... sign one more uh, player from the high school ranks, Tredarius Brown, but uh, nothing really new since then except for basketball. And it's been a, it's been a cluster, dude. It's, it's a tough hang. <laughs> we, will, uh, we will get to your... Uh, your food take, Michael, and those that responded. Um, some people were unaware or unsure who sent that out. It was, it was Michael, but it was, yeah, it was totally um, me. I will just say, like, we stand together on that. We're, we're brothers there. Means a lot. Anyways, if you're not on the stream with us tonight, you should be. Uh, you can catch those over on our YouTube channel. 23 personnel. You can follow the Twitter at 23 personnel. You can follow me, Spencer at punt suck, Michael at Michael underscore LBK. All right, man, Michael, I'm super pumped and excited about baseball season. That's coming up. Uh, I'm having having a little little fun with this this countdown thing I'm working on on Twitter. It's not like a, a big thing, but you know, I, I, I've been going through and, and picking players that wore Jersey numbers that correlate to the number of days left before first pitch. Right. Uh, and for me, and since most of it's going off of my memory, they're all recent players. So one, it's, it's, it's more fun to see like, Oh, I, I I watch this guy play. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I still feel like I, I need to, to, to qualify some of these picks and like one, like some days there could be like a whole thread of guys that wore that number. Uh, so don't, don't get like super offended or, or like been out of shape if I didn't pick your favorite player that wore number 
three or whatever. Like, okay, for example, uh, yesterday's was number 11, right? From my memory alone, we had three guys who were number 11. Um, one's a current player, Andrew Devine, then it was Cam Warren and Stephen Smith. So I stuck with Stephen Smith. Um, and then when I, when I, I did like the follow-up and I included Cam, I was like, well, his stats were actually more more impressive <laughs> than Stephen Smith. Um, but Stephen Smith was was obviously a lot earlier in my baseball uh, fandom for Texas Tech. But again, several days, like going back to, to 16, I, Josh Josh Young, I, I could have gone with Tyler Floyd as well. I, don't, I couldn't have gone with Tyler Floyd over Josh Young. Uh, Zach Davis and John McMillan both wore 18, sorry, 19. Uh, Cole Stillwell, Zach Reams both wore number 20. Bryant Burleson, Mason Molina uh, wore 21. Uh, 25, Owen Washburn, Connor Queen, Hunter Hargrove. Like, anyways, I say that because, uh, there will be a few days left. Um, like the 10th was today. It was, it could have been Ty Coleman, Mason Montgomery, or Tyler Sloney. Dylan Noisy was today. No, it's scheduled for tomorrow. Uh, and then we got Kurt Wilson, Tanner Gardner. Cody Masters, Ryan Long for seven. Tim Tadlock is all by himself at number six. Uh, Hudson White, Brian Klein, Patrick Mahomes, all wore number five. Which one are you <laughs> going to pick? Hang on, hang on. Wait a minute. I haven't picked that one yet. I haven't picked that one yet. Wait a minute. Does does number five happen to fall on Super Bowl Sunday? It's on the 12th. So, yes. I mean, how I'm much probably, more perfect can you be? I probably should, shouldn't I? You, you probably should pick Mahomes on Super Bowl Sunday if if it's five days until baseball. Yeah. And then um, Grant Little, only one that wore four, or only one I can remember, Michael Davis, Jace Young, Gabe Holt, Orlando Garcia. Uh, one of those is not like the other. <laughs> or number two there in terms of like there were a couple of good ones and then one's like depends on how you felt about his career and how he left tech. Uh, and then number one, Dylan Carter, Cody Farhat. And then obviously the day of first pitch. Anyways, uh, lots of good, good guys there. Lots of great memories. Uh, recent memory too, with, with the success that Tim Tadlock and the program has had and, and, and has enjoyed uh, great, great selections, great guys to pick from. I have a question. Yes, sir. You brought this up prior to the season starting about Tadlock's tendency to move game times up in the middle of the week. And he's done. I'll be doggone if he hadn't done it already. (laughs) And you had a little pushback, like, no, I don't think he really does that. And you're like, yeah, no, he does. He does that a lot. Well, usually it's on the day people travel. Like, no, no, it's, it's not always. And so, yeah, the Friday game is at 1 PM, which is kind of great though, because if, if you've got a flexible job, that's a great excuse to duck out a little bit early. As as Lawrence from Office Space would say, duck out a little bit early on Friday. Friday, yep. Head to Las Colinas, put some drywall in at the new McDonald's, <laughs> and then go catch the baseball game. Well, it's quite a bit of a drive to, to hit drywall in Las Colinas than for the baseball game out here in Lubbock. Yeah, it's at a couple one. hours couple we, we should ask um 
ask our, 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 our good friend Kyle Jacobson what that drive looks like since he makes it so frequently these days. Man. Coming in from the Metroplex. Burn it up the blacktop. Put a lot of miles in that truck there. Anyways, baseball, I couldn't be more excited. I'm, I'm trying to get, um, like, there's a lot of excitement for me as a Rangers fan with the moves they've made this offseason, the direction they seem, they seem to be heading, um, that, like, this could be a, a decent year for them, <laughs> trending in the right direction at least when you get, uh, you know, uh, Simeon and Seeger uh, back. Obviously, you've got Josh Young that could play a, a big role for them at third base this year. Then all the guys you signed in the offseason for the starting pitching rotation with uh, DeGrom, uh, Eovaldi, um, guy you grabbed from the Braves. I, I looked at all these names. And I'm blanking on it, but like guys like Dane Dunning are, are, are coming back. Um, anyways, exciting times for the Rangers, or at least – coming out of what's been a really, really bad <laughs> past five, ten years, whatever it's been since they fell off the table after their their World Series. Um, if I never had to hear the name Nelson Cruz again, I think I'd be okay. That sounds, sounds like yeah. um, a typical Rangers fan's sentiment. Oh, hey, speaking of really quickly, we we, we kind of uh, offhanded on accident came up with a good uh, road trip game, road trip game for Rob to play with his next unsuspecting uh, victim is to name as many 90s and 2000s Rangers baseball players. This would be a short, short game with me. I don't know if we'd get out of city limits before it would just be like, OK, that's you win. Well, they're 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 like they're big names. Like, you, I I kind of started it with like saying obscure guys, but like, really, uh, with all the, the moves they did, it wasn't like they had like a very. Um, I mean, it was there was some kind of roster turnover during that time too, good and bad. Like they had a Rod there for a little bit. Uh, Ian Kinsler, who actually just joined the the organization back as a special assistant to the the GM. Uh, Alfonso Soriano was with the Rangers. Mark Teixeira, Prince Fielder. No. Rusty Greer. Pudge. <laughs> Pudge. Pudge, yeah. Uh, Nolan, Nolan Ryan. Ryan. I know he that one. Before I was, yeah, he, he was, well, I mean, he was around. It was, it was cool, like, to, to know the name and, like, see him in that first row of the, the stadium all the time. But anyways, have that on, on deck for your uh, your next road trip. Uh, maybe not Michael, but yeah, it would it would it would be a very quick game. Or or like okay, so so may, maybe an adjustment for you is is to name like '90s and 2000s Spurs players. Well, even then, no. Okay, I tried. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I could I could get into it. We you could do some Stephen Jacksons and some Robert Ories and I've got Avery like Johnsons. Sean Elliott. A very, very short list of Spurs. And it's like Tim Duncan. Michael Finley. Ginobili. Finley, yeah. He was I a figured good you'd know that killer. One. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not that Duncan wasn't or or that Ginobili wasn't or that uh, Parker wasn't. Like, they, the, the those Spurs teams are just ridiculous. And they always seem to just enjoy 
beating the crap out of the Mavericks. Patty Mills, Danny Green. Sound familiar, but I couldn't I couldn't say I watched them. Kawhi Leonard. Okay. Recognize mm. that name. David Robinson. You ever heard of him? Pretty good. Probably. I don't know. Anyways. Pretty decent. So you and a friend pick a, a, a mutual team and just like go off of their roster from like 20 years ago. Like, okay, Michael, uh, <laughs> could you name Texas Tech basketball players from when you were a student? Um, no, not really. Uh, so like Crockett. Justin Gray, Crockett, Crockett. Uh, John Roberson, uh, Mike Matt Singletary, Temple. <laughs> Matt Temple, Darko Chordarvich. Matt Temple, I don't think was while I was a student though, but but yeah, it was prior to the podcast. It was pre pre twenty three P. Yeah, twenty three P A D. No, B C. Dang it! I don't know. I think it's a little iffy there. All right. Anyways, <laughs> hey, but speaking of basketball, let's uh, let's I guess dive into some Texas Tech basketball. Uh, and yay, there 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 are some interesting things there to talk about. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's do it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Oh! And he's stuck back by the freshman sensation Smith. Pass over the top of Bullock and a crowd strip. Crossover in the line. Owens! Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good! What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Already doubled into three. Good! Who puts it down? Already. Odiasi! Tropars it in! Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Colbert got the separation. I know we've brought it up a couple of times, but Mac McClung coming up uh, in 11 days, two weeks from now, or less than two weeks, All-Star Weekend will be the first ever G-Leaguer to enter the NBA Slam Dunk Contest. Yeah. I'm mainly keeping this here so that I'll remember to watch. And so, I mean, you guys have probably heard it for like three weeks, and you'll hear it for another one. You'll be like, okay, okay, we know. But it's it's so that the guy speaking right now doesn't forget. And I probably still will. I should put it in my phone. I'll put it in my <laughs> Google calendar. Sure. Yeah, you can yeah. do that. Saturday, February 18th. February 18th. 7 p.m. TNT. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, Michael, before we get into uh, updating the stats, looking ahead, previewing upcoming games, have you heard about the drama surrounding Mark Adams and the donors, supposedly, allegedly? Yes. Do you want to get into that? 
Well, sure. Okay. Sure. What do you got? What do you got? What do you want to get into specifically? No, j- just, just your 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 overall opinions, because there, that there, there were some messages sent today that were yes. strongly worded from Michael's phone. <laughs> Uh, so he, I, I know he's got some, some opinions on it, and whether or not he wants to say that on this platform. No, it's fine. But, uh, but there, were, there's just some, some concerns uh, within the fan base about how involved donors are with the program, how yeah. the the relationships relationships are being managed from a head coach and donor and player and AD perspectives. Um. And I guess all that, considering the the trajectory of the year of the program, it's like, well, it's kind of need to get your your handle on all this. Uh, otherwise, I mean, it, it's it's going to get hairy, uh, and you're not in a great spot. Like, uh, whatever the 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 future of of the Texas Tech team, short term future, like you're in a lose lose spot, right? This was something that. Uh, Kyle was, was very uh, vocal about, and he, he, I'm sure he will be on, on the next recording, but, like, if you fire him, if you fire Adams, um, like, there's obviously like downsides to that. Um, and just how much say outside people have into the program um, because it would definitely feel like that was kind of pushed because um, maybe – like th- there would be some some sentiment to to hang on to Adams a little bit longer, let him you know have have one more shot at it, or you know have multiple more shots at, at at turning it around. But with the way that relationships have been rumored to have been spoiled, uh, can you allow that to, to happen? Or, anyways, I yeah, they, I feel like I'm going around like trying to be very vague about this, but ultimately, like. On top of the on-the-court issues, there are also concerns about relationships and how those are being managed from multiple different perspectives. And it's just not its not a great spot to be in no matter the outcome. Correct. I, I think the main issue I... Well, there's several issues I take with uh, the big money donors. Uh, I, I do appreciate their donation to Texas Tech. I don't know those conversations. I don't know if there are strings attached to those donations. I firmly believe there shouldn't be. Um, you know, maybe they get a little preferential treatment on access to Kirby Hocut or Geo or somebody on staff, but there should be some clear lines there. Um, you know, you know, donors. We love to love them when they're the ones writing the checks and everything, and when they're the ones saying things that you agree with. You love to love them. Um, they're the, there's supposedly some smoke to a couple of them posting on a certain message board that most Red Raider fans know about and mm-hmm. saying disparaging things. Um, I'm not sure what the hell that's accomplishing. Uh, if, if you're a donor for Texas Tech, I don't know why you're this big check you write makes you feel like you can go onto a message board where people know it's you writing these big checks and start to spread all these rumors, true or not. 
I don't see the point in that aside from it just makes you look childish. I don't care what check you wrote. It's damaging the program that you supposedly care about so much. Uh, the other thing I don't care for, which I've seen some rumors of, donors approaching players on their own, which they can through NIL. And that's the only way, you know, technically it can happen anyway. It's not like the school can do that with mm -hmm. any sort of money guarantees or promises, but donors doing this on their own accord and then trying to make those personnel and roster decisions a part of their quote unquote donation. You know, Hey, you've, you need to take this guy cause I paid 50 grand for him. He needs to play. That is ludicrous to me. I don't think anyone outside of Texas tech university's employment should be making any sort of personnel decisions, uh, demands. So yeah, I mean, I've, I have a lot, <laughs> I have a lot of issues with, with, with most of it because, you know, these guys are, they're coming in, they're writing the big checks. Um, they're also the same guys that hired Adams. Yeah. Everybody was on board, you know, don't let them off because if, if they're trying to just, you know, stir things up now, sure. Things may have changed. Things probably have changed and we don't know exactly what those are, but they hired him, you know, they got their say and now they don't like it. And now we're all like, oh, man, yeah, well, if the donors don't like it, well, we got to oh, got to do something. They're the ones that hired his ass. If they don't like him, look in the mirror, man. And if you're going to donate money to a school, this is just going to be – this is it. Take your ride off. You know, maybe you get to shake Hokut's hand more often than most people do. But man, I don't I don't like that much pull or demanding that much pull or going about it in such a way that it makes you look um, disjointed. It doesn't make you look like you're on the same page with the staff. And it really just comes back down to just going on a message board and saying stuff when people know who you are. Don't do it. I don't, I don't get what you're trying to achieve there. You're trying to blow up the program from the inside that you helped build. These are the guys you brought in. These are the players you supposedly brought in. These are the coaches you supposedly brought in. And now you're like, oh, well, I'm mad. I'm going to get on message board and tell all these people they're, they're dumb and they don't know nobody listen to me no more. They don't have to. <laughs> Spend your money somewhere else. Yeah. Um. I, I would disagree with you on, on just one of those points. So, Michael, you were talking about um, how these guys are the ones that hired them, and, and so, like, they should be more or less, like, on the hook for how things are going. And, and I, would, I would normally agree with that if there weren't the outside issues. Like, if the relationships were still in place, like, and, and there, there wasn't the bridge burning or, or whatever it was going on or supposedly or whatever, uh, if there weren't the extracurricular demands of attention, right? <laughs> like if it was just like you had a, a down year, 
um, then, then yeah, I, I, I would think like, well, this is the guy you had. Um, it is, it is out of the, you know, out of the, the, the trajectory of what, what we've seen from his career. But I mean, you always know that this would be a possibility just, you know, as remote as anything else. Um, but I, I have a hard time kind of holding anybody else's feet to the fire when it's like, well, there were some personality issues outside, but I mean, oh, hold on. So I say that I've also heard that there was a possibility that this was kind of known about before. And it was kind of told like, Hey, you need to kind of handle, handle your business quietly. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I, hey, I get what you're saying. Maybe I'm more, I, I tried Maybe I'm to more address on, that on your side there too. No, I tried to address that a little bit. Just saying, Hey, things could have changed since then. You know, the, the guy they hired yeah. may not be the same guy that's working for him now. And that's okay. Hey, I'm not saying that's okay. I'm just saying that's something I will entertain. That's a possibility. But, you know, the, the, the same folks that are all about giving um, somebody writing all the checks the most say when they run, I don't know, a completely different company. They run something that's not a basketball team. I know that. Uh, especially over personnel, that's really where it just got me the most irate. You know, people don't even like it when Jerry Jones does this and he owns the damn team <laughs> yep. and he played college football and there's 55 people on the roster. You know, it's not like, okay, if he demands a couple of guys come in, yeah, he can wreck the team. And yeah, I don't like it either. And I'm even a passive Cowboys fan. I think it's just kind of meddling and it's not a great, way to do things but that it's okay at texas tech for a guy who made money in the permian to demand certain things be run certain guys play certain guys come to this school because i said i would get them and i paid 50 grand for a 17 year old that would be cheap oh, apparently and it didn't work out well for 17 yeah 17 50 grand's probably sort of on the high end. I have no idea. I, I, I just don't like where that's headed. I don't like all the the leaks coming out and everything, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm just not going to let, let them off the hook because they write checks, and I'm, I'm grateful for it. It's good. It helps the program. It helps the program advance. Uh, you get your name on things. You get other things, other perks. You don't get to decide who starts. Get all the way out of here with that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's completely out of the state of Texas with that. I don't want that anywhere near this program because then we become programs we've made fun of all these years. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, like, you you absolutely do uh, appreciate all the support and, and financial resources pouring into the program from these guys. Um, without them, you would have an even greater time to, to keep up and, and to compete in, in this landscape. Um, so like, I don't envy trying to manage those relationships, right? Like, cause there will be yeah. some that say with my million dollars, I get to say on who's on the team or I get to say even more so on who's on the court, how many minutes this person's getting. Uh, because if I'm paying this, this kid, 
or essentially, you know, $800,000. I want him on the court, <laughs> whether or not, uh, you know, whatever. And I'm not, I realize that that number is not totally random, but the circumstances around that player not playing is, uh, complicated. Out, yeah. I was gonna say out of the control there. Um, but you know who's leaking that? The donors. The guy. The guy who's who paid that money. He's like, yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 um. Let's that's cool. I mean, hey, you made a bad investment. Sorry. No one forced you to do this. It happens. It happens. I mean, you probably made forty times that last year. You'll be fine. It's true. All right. With that, let's uh let's jump into the the schedule. What do you say? Stats yeah, okay. update. Yeah, yeah. Stats update. <laughs> I don't know if it's even better than, than what we're talking about. Through twenty two games, Texas Tech is well twenty three games, twelve and eleven, one oh. and nine, uh, in conference play. So you are now in the back half of the conference schedule. Um, you are sixty ninth overall in Ken Palm, lowest in the Big Twelve. Not a surprise there. You did slide a, a few spots following the game. Is that Wednesday? Saturday. Saturday, because this week's game is on Wednesday. Don't be stupid. You're good. Adjusted offense 80th, slid another few spots from 73rd. Uh, adjusted defense, slid a few spots, 66th, all according to Ken Palm. Haslametrics have you at 72nd, 10 spots lower than you were last week. T rank has you at 61st. Not that, that really all that matters. Net rankings, 71st, dropped from 65th. You were 1 and 11 in quad 1 or quad 2 games. Did I not update if, that? Oh, no, no okay. I, I, I was, You're doing both. I just combined them just because, uh, yeah, th- those are the two that would matter in terms of if you were on the bubble or anything, if you were trying to build a resume, uh, I, I think we're, we're well outside of that. Your quad 3, you're still 3-0, 8-0 in quad 3 and 4. Um so hooray for that. LSU. Eastern Washington is still your best win. They're um, skyrocketed. I think they were 136th when we recorded last, and now they've skyrocketed up to 122nd. Yeah. Could so, be a uh, quad two win at some point. You never know. Uh, we did have an instant reaction on Saturday following the Baylor loss. Um, going into the game, at least according to the Haslametrics proje- projections, it was like eight points. Um, there was a stretch there in the second half that uh, it just got away from you, right? Like Baylor just went absolutely atomic from from three, um, and then your offense just vanished. I think you had scored like five points in the first ten minutes of of, of the second half. Yeah, um, I think that's accurate. And because uh, yeah, you 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 scored within like the first 15 seconds, you got it within two points. Uh, and then there towards what was like a minute left, you were down by 30. So that's not what we'd like to see. Um, again, losing the game, not not what you're like all that upset about. It's just how, how, it, how it happened, right? You, The guys that you had typically relied on, and I'm looking like specifically for this game, Kevin O'Banner, uh, just had a just atrocious game, especially offensively. Um, well, and yeah, I don't know if he even. 
I don't know how much we can blame him. Sure. He shot, he shot like three times. I just don't know how many touches he got. I, I don't know if it's completely fair to, to say he had a bad game because he just wasn't getting the ball. But yeah, the stats aren't the stats are not good. So I think he had six points and four of them were free throws, something like that, if I remember mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Upcoming this week, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, depending on when you're listening to this, Oklahoma State. Texas Tech is on the road in Stillwater. It is a ooh, nearly ten point loss projection here. Um yeah, five and a half point spread on the action app. I'm checking right now because I did not do this before the Baylor game, so y'all can blame me. I forgot to. You weren't focused. I forgot to bet against the Red Raiders on against the spread and on the money line. So that's my bad. But I'm doing that now. Yeah, I, I'd probably take uh, spread and money. Obviously, the spread there for Oklahoma State. Um, Lady Raiders are on uh, at 7 p.m. tomorrow night. So it's multitasking, uh, multicasting. For you, Reddit yeah. fans, tomorrow night. Um, I don't know. Do you know this? Do you have Apple TV, Spencer? I don't hold that subscription any longer. I, I did for a while to watch um, some baseball games last fall, and there was a, a show or two I was interested in. Well, I think, well, it may be their streaming device. I may have that kind of incorrect. I think Apple TV Plus is the streaming app itself. But... For those of you who don't know, on ESPN's app on Xbox One and on Apple TV, you can multicast. You can watch up to four games at the same time. And so I've done that quite a bit. Like um, I think West Virginia and Kansas State or something, the, the Lady Raiders and the Red Raiders were playing same day. And so I was watching them on the same screen. So if you have an Xbox One or an Apple TV, um, ESP within the ESPN app, you can watch multiple feeds and it's all across, you know, you can watch something on ESPN two and something on ESPN plus or whatever. It doesn't really matter, but yeah, up to four and you can, and you can choose, you know, picture in picture or, you know, it's really, it's really great. So yeah. Check and it like, out. I, 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 I don't mean this like to, to give, to, to, when we say support the Lady Raiders, it isn't because like because the men just are, are terrible this year, and it's going to come off that way for sure. As as just the the men's program is, is, is bottoming out here, <laughs> it feels like. Um, man, I completely lost my, my, my train of thought there. But they are one; they're doing. Uh, really well this this season. They are are, are certainly building un, under Gerlich there. Um, they played some really exciting and emotional games, um, and you've got greater access, like the access to watching the women's team, the the Lady Raiders, is greater now than it ever has been. You have more options to be able to see it. Um, so so when we say you, you should pay attention to them, it's not because like oh just do it because. Uh, the men suck. It's because they're 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 doing really well, and and one they they always are are deserving of our attention and support. Um, but you've got greater access now to do it. You don't you don't have to be in the arena to do it. You can do it wherever you're at. 
Yeah, um, you don't have to have Fox Sports Southwest West Plus or whatever anymore. It's just nine times out of ten, it's on ESPN Plus, and you've already got it. So mm-hmm. click it on. Just turn if it you, on. If you don't, you need to get it one because you you get all these games, but you also will get so many baseball, baseball games coming up yeah. <laughs> this spring. Uh, so carry it until uh, Big Twelve tournament time. Um, it, well. Depending on, on your TV provider and what, what sports package you have, you may need to get it through all the way through uh, towards the end of June for the College World Series, but uh, it's not a bad add to your subscriptions for the next few months. So this this game tomorrow night, for at least for the Red Raiders men's team, uh, it is a terrible matchup, according to our, our, our good friend Ryan Mainville. Um, they are what you wanted to do last year in terms of just having absolutely great size and being able to switch everything. Uh, the matchup against Texas Tech is just going to be bad. Um, and I, I, I certainly respect his, uh, his, his take here and his perspective here. He, he said Oklahoma State's length and athleticism makes them a daunting matchup. Opponents are shooting 43.2% on two attempts, uh, which is eighth lowest in Division One and 29.4% on three-point attempts, which is the 16th lowest, having 15.2% of their shots block, blocked, which is sixth most, versus the Cowboys this season. Um, Yikes. So yeah, it's not going to... Because of, because of um, Money Mainville's tweet, I did a little bit of of, of researching, and... Yeah, as far as Big 12 numbers are concerned, this is the number two scoring defense in the Big 12. Uh, they are tied with Kansas at number one in rebounding. They rebound 37 boards a game. Uh, they're kind of on a roll right now. They've won three in a row. They've won five of their last six. But the the thing that Ryan made me look at was this roster has five players six nine or taller. And they've got a seven-footer, a legit seven-one guy who comes off the bench, twenty-two minutes. And and man, I think it's Sis Sisse, Sis. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, I I C-say? listened Sisse. That's it. Like I listened to enough of a game highlights to try not to butcher that. And in twenty-three p fashion, I managed to do it anyway. But yeah, he comes <laughs> off the bench, twenty-two minutes per game. In those twenty-two minutes pretty darn productive seven points per game 59 percent from uh from the field 44 percent from the the stripe so you know if you can foul him then go for it eight rebounds spencer he gets eight rebounds in 22 minutes per game it's active very active and then the blocks he's had 43 blocks this year which works out to just about two per game so pretty much about every 10 minutes he's in the game, he's getting a block. And not to dog on our guy, Bacho, but... Those aren't, those aren't the same he, numbers. He, he <laughs> might rack up three or four against, against young Bacho uh, Wednesday night. So, I'd, yeah. Had to look into that a little bit after Mainville found some stuff that wasn't super fun to see, but accurate. Yeah, so they're um, they don't have like a go-to guy like like you would say that the Red Raiders do on offense. Um, their leading scorer is twelve point two points per game, and that's forward Caleb Boone. 
uh, 6'9 guy, as Michael's pointing out. Uh, guard Avery Anderson the third. Uh, he's he's hitting at just over 11 points per game. 40% of his field goals are going in. Boone's 62% of his field goals are going in. Um, Bryce Thompson's a bigger guard, 6'6", uh, just under 11 points per game, almost 40% from the field, almost 40% from three. Uh, but if you're getting into a free throw situation, that's probably the guy you want to send up there. It's 56%. Uh, Michael did mention there are five guys that are 6'9 or taller, and you were looking at Cisse specifically. Um, so just the matchup, the size there, it's not great. Um, on the road, road games in the Big 12 are always going to be difficult. Uh, the environment there at Gallagher-Iba has always been pretty good. Um, so I think we've already given our, 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 our projections or predictions there to take the the points in the Cowboys tomorrow night. Yeah, I mean, I mean to go a little further, three-point percentage – they really don't shoot the three that well, but they probably will <laughs> Wednesday. But they guard it. Works. They yeah. guard it very well. I think they were number two in the conference, allowing opponents to only 29.4%. Um, so I think it was them and Kansas State, actually. I think they were one and two in the conference on defending the three. And yeah, we're not and, a good and three, you know, three-point shooting team anyway. So it's just kind of like both bad things are happening simultaneously. Yeah, and that, that's what I was going to point out. This is something else Mainville uh, was able to find. Texas Tech is eleven of forty-three, which is twenty-five point six percent from three. In the last two games without Pop Isaacs. So obviously that's quite a bit lower than you want. But against a, a, a team that defends the three as well as Oklahoma State does, that number is going to be quite a bit lower. Um, With that, the Red Raider offense uh, is is primarily getting inside in the paint, uh, and that's also where Oklahoma State's really good defensively. Um, so, anyways, so there's that. That's tomorrow night. Uh, at this point, don't expect an instant reaction. <laughs> Just oh, you're muted, Michael. There you are. Nope. You, you didn't are. miss much. You didn't miss no. much. I'm back. It was like, I saw your mouth move. And I was like, oh, no. I know. I thought it lasted 40 minutes audio? this time. Man. No, that's all you're, you're muted for whatever reason. Um, following that, this this game, this this week, um, was it three games in five days or six days, whatever it ends up being, uh, less than ideal for the schedule. You hit, uh, you're back home versus Kansas State on Saturday. Uh, it is a much closer game, at least according to Haslametrics, 70 to 72. I do feel like you had a, a, a decent shot at them on the road, uh, but you had one of your patented second-half meltdowns. Um, they are 80, sorry, not 80. They are 19 and 5 on the season, 7 and 4 in Big 12 play. Uh, they did just polish off the Horn Frogs, by 21 82 61 um again like they're they're the 72nd so i'm i'm having all kinds of uh reading difficulties here texas tech is 72nd has the metrics kansas state is 27th has the metrics um so it could be a closer game um 
just, I don't know, 6 o'clock ESPN Plus. Be there and be loud if you're in town, I guess. Yeah, and it's, it, you know, Kansas State's one of the best three-pointing, three-point shooting teams in the conference. Um, they're up there on rebounds as well. But, and, and then, like I said, up there on three-point defense, so just kind of the same type of buzzsaw. Not the exact same, but close. Uh, we, we saw this already this year. You know, we, we wanted to go through Oklahoma State a little bit more because somehow we've gone this whole time and have yet to lose to them. So I've yet to play them. Let's be honest. I mean, get to play them. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. <laughs> um, and then you wrap the, his, his three game uh, gauntlet up with Monday night back at home versus Texas, 8 p.m. on ESPN. Um, they're, I mean, I, I wouldn't say they're quietly, but I, I think expectations may have shifted when things went down in December with Beard. Uh, but Rodney Terry's kept the ship afloat and thriving down there in Austin. Um, it is a five-point projected win at this point for the Longhorns, uh, and they would, well, everybody's on pace except for the Cyclones to to sweep you this season. So uh, obviously the atmosphere is going to be quite a bit different than it was uh, last February. Uh, we we <laughs> I had that video, that highlight video pop up. Um the other day and I was like, man, that was just an unbelievable game and night uh, when Chris Beard and Longhorns uh, made their, their first trip into Lubbock. And I guess you could say the only, only trip in, into Lubbock when you consider Longhorns and Chris Beard. Um, but I wouldn't expect the same kind of uh, atmosphere. This go around. No. Uh, Marcus Carr, um, Serge Ibari, what's what's his last name? Pierce Price Parker. I I don't know. For whatever reason, it feels like a P. Number ten, dude. He, he ate your lunch in, in Austin uh, last time you were down there. Um, I'm sure Brock Cunningham will will, will hit a, a few token threes um, just because. Rice. His name is Rice. Sergio Barry, Barry Rice. Yeah, Sergio Barry Rice. Thank you, Matt. There is not a P in there. Well, I got to Price for whatever reason, and then okay. I was stuck on P. Okay. Uh, and then a quick look ahead on the schedule. You are in Morgantown on the 18th. Um, and then at Oklahoma on the 21st. So you do get a little bit of a break there between the Monday game after the Longhorns, and then you're off until Saturday. Uh, and then you're – but you have back-to-back road games Saturday and Tuesday, which are both projected else. So, Speaking of projected, have you seen any projected timetable on when Pop Isaacs is supposed to return? No. I haven't either. But there was a question asked of Adams on 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 players returning from injury, and he said one. I, I think it was one in 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 re- regards to there was a concern that they were trying to rush back Amac before this last setback. Um, he said, "No, we're not going to try to r- rush guys back from injury. It'll be a a, a decision between uh, 
the training staff, myself, and then he finished up saying, ultimately it's up to the player on whether or not they, they play. I was like, hmm, interesting phrasing there. Especially that's, that's mean, the one that you ended on. is like, it's up to the player if they play. You mean it's not up to the, the people orchestrating the NIL deals? Or up to the coach? You mean the, you mean the player still has a say in, in this, in this uh, negotiational tactic here? <laughs> Apparently. All right. Uh, let's, uh, I would say, get, get to questions. The question's already been asked, uh, but if you haven't weighed in yet, um, Michael did tweet out earlier today. Uh, chicken and dumplings is a gross, soggy, watery mess, which is just off the bat, just swinging for the fence there. What's your least favorite comfort food you're supposed to like? Um, but a lot of people, one, were... We're taking shots because they, they didn't know who tweeted that. They were taking shots at our, 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 our lovely wives, Michael. And one, yeah. <laughs> one, Samantha's not not the 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 cook in this household. Um, I I wouldn't ever ask her or anyone to make me chicken and dumplings. That's just not something I'm going to go and seek after. My um, my wife is definitely the cook. She grew up in the state of Kentucky. Does not like chicken and dumplings. Has never made it for me. And so, you know, you get the, every time you, you throw out a take like this, like, oh, well, you ha- you're eating the wrong recipes or you're eating on, you know, this isn't, you're not doing it, doing it right. And I'm like, no, I mean, it's been about 40 years. I, I think I'm done. I think I'm done trying <laughs> To find it, I don't care if it's the biscuit dough kind. I don't care if it's the tortilla kind. Actually, I think I do care. I think the tortilla kind is worse. How is that? Like, that's not a dumpling. That's how they did it in Kentucky. I think it's because they don't know what the hell to do with tortillas over there. They're just like, oh, well, let's put them in some goop. And that was another <laughs> thought. There's been, there were some other takes in here throughout the comments. We'll get through some of them, but uh, calling it a soup... And that is the first time in my life I'd ever even heard or considered this dish a soup. Yeah. Which makes it almost worse somehow. I'd, Does that make I'd it worse? Consider it a soup. It's in a, a broth it's a base. Soup? I think it's like a, I don't know what it is. It's like its own thing. Is it like a, a chowder? Porridge. It's a porridge. <laughs> porridge. Um, so... One, I, I, I want to get through some of the replies on the least favorite comfort food that we're supposed to like. Uh, Lamar said Frito pie. Wow. I mean, I thought my take was going to be strong. His his food takes have always been on the questionable side. Let's be honest. Frito, Frito pie. I mean, that's. I love Frito pie. That's 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 up there on the comfort food. Mount Rushmore, probably. It's pretty close. Yeah, and it's it's versatile, especially like game day. Like you can you can take those into stadiums or uh, into your seats, whatever. They'll they'll put it in the bag for you, a little yeah. bag of Fritos, and just put some chili and cheese on. That's, I don't know. Jazz said uh, she gave several uh, black eyed peas, cornbread, okra, any and all animal neck bones, greens, and grits. She also said, she add, finishes it, I don't eat everybody's meatloaf or desserts. <laughs> hey, so I w- and she I had was, the list, man. Yeah, I replied back to her. I was like, man, I'm 
with her on about half of it because okra, nah, I'm done with okra too. It's fine. No, actually, it's not fine. I'm just, I'm done with it. Uh, my parents, we used to have a garden and they would stew it. It's just because I think that's what their parents did too. Like they would stew or boil, they would have boiled okra. And I don't think I ever had the guts to try it. Because if y'all have seen it, it's just slime. It's just slime floating around. And I think Jazz went on later to say something like, yeah, people put okra in gumbo. And like, well, thanks for ruining the gumbo. And I'm like, I'm kind of like, yeah, I'm with you. (laughs) I'm with you on that. Okra, I can just, I'm done. If I never eat okra again, great. Black-eyed peas, I do like. Cornbread, I like. Neck bones, hard pass. Greens, I think, have to be done exactly perfect. So I can leave those two. Grits, though, I do like grits, and I like meatloaf. Okay, so I'm I'm the occasional, like, the holiday black-eyed pea eater, uh, and that, that's about it. Uh, cornbread, though, love it. I, I'm with you on the okra and the slime. It's just, it's unbearable. Uh, the way you have to get around that is is if it's fried. Yeah. Um, but it's the only acceptable... Okra vessel is battered and deep fried. But a place that's going to offer you fried okra is going to have something else fried, and I would always lean towards that. Yes. Over okra. Uh, I've never had animal neck bone, but I'm, I just assume it's all bad. It just sounds just so unappetizing. I haven't had good greens. So I, I'm probably out on that. Grits, I've tried several times. I just I just can't do it. I tried it with like cheese. I tried it with like shrimp. And when I'm not like a seafood guy either, but just not there. Meatloaf though. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm oh, on yeah. board with, with some meatloaf desserts though. I, it, I'll it, try anybody's dessert. <laughs> could be hit or miss because yeah. you just, you get so many, like so many different like uh family variations for whatever reason, especially on desserts. You're like, uh, I don't know if I would have done that. Um, let's see what else we got. Yeah, we had so many people say you've got the wrong chicken and dumplings recipe. Yeah, you know that's fair. That's always a fair criticism when when this taps brought up. Um, where did I see Mexican food? Somebody came in and said Mexican food. <laughs> <coughs> What's supposed to do with that? I almost had a stroke. I don't know. That just was that was seemed really interesting to me. Okay, there's the more replies button. I couldn't find them. Okay, um, let's see. More replies. I don't know why it keeps making me click it. Thank you, Elon. Uh, Big Hen says y'all are breaking my heart. Sorry, buddy. I know. I know the chicken and dumplings is near and dear to a lot of folks. I get it. Um, let's see. Robert Nick. comes in. Well, okay. I've got Robert real quick, which okay. I appreciated this on several levels because he said, while I disagree with your stance on chicken and dumplings, he just left it at that. He just said, while I disagree with you, <laughs> my answer I'm sure will be viewed similarly. And he says, I can't stand mac and cheese. Almost stroked out again. Yeah. That, that's so far, we've got Frito pie, mac and cheese, and Mexican food. Yeah. But he did go on to say that he, hey, he's like, hey, I'm still trying. I mean, I appreciate that. He's he's still going for it. I've kind of given up on chicken and dumplings. He's 
he has not given up on trying to like mac and cheese, and he had some lobster mac and cheese at a football game recently. His words of all places. And it was incredible. So he says, so there may be hope for me yet. Love it. Keep fighting the good fight, Robert. I don't know how, how to pronounce his name, but he... I'm not even trying. French onion soup. Yes. Where are you at on that? Um, I like it fine. I, I talked with my wife about this way too much before we recorded. And we were both kind of just surprised that French onion soup was considered a comfort food. And then she Googled comfort foods just to see some other one, you know, some that she might add to her personal list. And yeah, sure enough, French onion soup was like in the, you know, the first 10. Yeah. Uh, her list, by the way, pretty much broccoli, cheese, and anything. Not a fan. She's out. Of, <laughs> okay. She's out on that. She she doesn't really care for broccoli that much. She will eat it, but it's it's not like a thing that she enjoys. Um, and then Salisbury steak. She's out on that. Which okay. I get. Okay. What else we got? Oh, David said lasagna i was yeah, out on that for a long time too because i think there's something with there's something with how whatever the meat is in the lasagna if it's like like um italian sausage that didn't really break down very well and it's it's like really cartilagey or something is that a word i don't know if i want to think about that one no. <laughs> See, there you go. That's why. That's 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 where I'm going. So lasagna was brought up. Chicken pot pie. Yeah, my wife doesn't care for that either. Let's see. Someone said thank you. It's absolutely revolting. Oh, it, this is Nick, and he also said mac and cheese, yeah. and also said chicken spaghetti. Man. Not a fan of the noodles and cheese. That's cool. I got I got you, man. I don't like stringy chicken. You don't like shredded chicken? No. Hmm. Nah. Yeah, that's usually what you get with chicken spaghetti. Or chicken spaghetti. Yeah. Or with chicken and dumplings. Chicken and dumplings. <laughs> uh this has not been a great conversation to have because I, I had one of my um my nights last night, Michael, where I was like up all night thinking I was, I was gonna be sick and I've just been like off all day today. Oh great, sorry man. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even eat dinner tonight. I'm just like, oh, I can't, can't with this food talk. Because like I, I don't like some of these. Like they're so bad. I don't disagree. Um, in the chat though, hold on, live chat. Steven said um, pickled okra is good. Oh, I've never tried that either. I don't I know. Haven't. I mean, I'm usually really open to trying different things, but man, there's something about okra. I just shut down I'm like, nah, there was yeah. one other instance. Sorry. I, Gosh, I swear I've talked about it, but, um, my, my granny rest her soul. We'd go camping and she, for like dinner, she would get her big cast iron skillet out. We'd have the fire going and she would have some okra because, you know, we had gardens in the summer and so we were camping in the summer and she would like lightly bread it with cornmeal and then kind of fry it up like that. 
to where it gets really kind of crunchy on its own, not necessarily like battered and deep fried, not like that, but just kind of cooks out some of that um, moisture and some of that sliminess. Yeah, okay, that that was good because she'd like have potatoes and onions and of course butter and who knows what else, whatever she wanted to put in there, probably some like squash and some other summer vegetables and stuff. And so she'd cook all that up on the cast iron. But yeah, I've never tried pickled okra, Stephen, man. I don't know. He also came back and said he can't do menudo uh, and can't do the hominy. My my stepdad, he would he would love to get menudo. And I, I never tried it. The smell and the description of the meat that was in it was like, no, I am at hard pass. <laughs> I can't remember if I may have had it once, but I think it was one of those where it was in something. So it wasn't like a huge focal point. What was it about hominy, though? I don't know. He just says, I can't do the hominy. Really? My uh, aunt made a taco soup that has like, that has hominy in it. I liked that. And I even get the, well, it's, it's corn, the corn nuts version of hominy, you know, the, the gigantic dried roasted hominy snacks. You just crunch them. I've seen Inca corn. I've seen it called that too. That's pretty good. But yeah, I don't know. Probably what he's calling hominy is not what I'm calling it. So he said it's the texture. Yeah. Do. I could see that. Just like a huge piece of corn. <laughs> just <it's laughs> kind of weird. Uh, Maddie said that the turkey necks are actually pretty good. Never tried. Just it. a lot of work. Just seems like a lot of work. Yeah. Y'all seen my teeth. Food gets stuck in these things all the time, so I'm not really, not really into getting, getting down on a turkey neck. <laughs> all right, uh, we, we've got a couple things to touch on on what we learned. So let's 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 do that and then uh, wrap this thing up. We say, Michael. Okay. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. <laughs> I don't know why it made me laugh this time, but it did. That's the first time you laughed at that in a while. Um, <laughs> one, you brought it up. I don't know if we were recording or streaming yet. I have a couple of new hats with this this brand in here. Yeah, and it's not it's not really all that exciting. If you're watching, it's um, my brother in law bought and opened a franchise of Stormguard here in town. It's a roofing company, roofing and construction company. Uh, we were at their house for family dinner Sunday night. He's like, "Hey man, I got a couple of." Of, of new hat options just came in. Do you want one? So one is this one. It's, it's a black panel, black bill, gray mesh trucker hat. Uh, the logo is on the left front panel. So yeah, man, that looks great. And then he pulled out one that was similar, but it had the bigger storm guard logo across the front and it's red mesh and red, um, thread around the hat. It's pretty Oh, good the that. red thread. I may wear that one next time. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that next time. That's a good-looking well, logo. Yeah, I'm, I'm supporting a Storm Guard, so if those in the area need a roof inspection, I know a guy. You know a guy. And he he has come. He came from the insurance side of things, so he he knows how how all that nonsense works. So he can get you the all all that you need for new roof. But Storm Guard, no free ads. 
Corey. You should you should become a sponsor. <laughs> if, if I'm gonna wear your hat and and, and give you a some promotional deals there, you should make him a sponsor. Speaking of, uh, I don't know how how it would work out, but just because of the weird nature of like the business being on campus. But if we could ever work out a Redditor Meets sponsorship. I'm down. I, I talked about it on the well. instant reaction. I've got a, I'm going to thaw a tri-tip. I bought two of them on Saturday. I'm going to thaw one of them for the Super Bowl. I'm going to make my own chimichurri sauce. I don't know if, I think, I don't think you say sauce. I think I it's just chimichurri. Just chim- yeah, it's just, that's it. So I'm going to make my own chimichurri. And um, I'm not sure how I'm going to season it. I think I'm going to do the dry brine, a little bit of kosher salt, put it in the fridge for a couple hours. I have some Raider Red steak seasoning that just maybe I may have just enough for a tri-tip. That may be what I go with. I use I, I use that steak seasoning on not only steaks but burgers, man, and it's oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I've done that too. Um, I did want to talk. I've had this on here for a few weeks. So it's been a little while, but local business, also not a, also not, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> um, but Desert Rose, if you're in Lubbock, Texas, look her up. DesertRoseBaking.wixsite, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com. She just started her website, but you can find her on Facebook probably just as easy, if not easier. She makes cheesecakes. Not just cheesecakes, but um, that's kind of what she's most known for. I think she moved here from Albuquerque, and she made cheesecakes there at her at um, at a restaurant there. And so she's here in Lubbock now, and she's got her own place set up. And uh, so she makes cheesecakes. They're sixty-five to seventy dollars. Which talking to my wife, who's a baker, she's like, you know, really, that's pretty good considering how much you have to buy <laughs> right now and how much eggs are and all that kind of stuff. It's like, okay. So, but she's got vanilla, cherry, Samoa drizzle. She's got something called cotton candy cheesecake, which looks incredible. It's got sprinkles on it. It's all different colors. Red velvet cheesecake, brownie bottom cheesecake, freedom cheesecake. So that one and then caught yeah, my eye. I'm, I'm, I'm on her, we- her website. So it's a, the description is my ode to the red, white, and blue, red strawberry Oreo crust, white vanilla cheesecake, and blueberry compote. I didn't even know there was such a thing as red strawberry Oreos. Never heard of them. So that's incredible. But I can attest personally to the cookie butter cheesecake, which is it's made out it's made out of that that Biscoff or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So cookie butter infused cheesecake batter baked on a Biscoff cookie crust and drizzled with more cookie butter and a cookie. That was insanely good. So yes, she does cheesecake, but also, you know, check her Facebook, especially because the reason we went, she also does um, Navajo tacos, which (laughs) is interesting mix. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and she does them like Tuesday nights or something. And, you know, if you get one, it's genius the way she does it. The, the Navajo taco itself, the big fry bread piece, I mean, it's the it's the size of like a personal pizza. No, I mean, maybe like a small pizza. It's like 10 or 12 inches. It's it's a big 
piece of flatbread. That's substantial. Fried bread. Yeah. And so, and then she's got green chili and red chili. So you, you pick that. But the way she does it is you get your fry bread by itself. And then in a styrofoam container, you get all the toppings that you then put on the fry bread. And so because of the way she's d- done that, we had it two nights in a row because, you know, it's not like it was soggy fry bread or something. It just, we split one and then we split the next one. It was great. So anyway, uh, we have tried this stuff personally and it was really great. And we really are going to have to go get some more cheesecake. If you're in Lubbock, check them out. Desert Rose. All right. Last thing uh, I saw this and I wanted to just hear your thoughts. There's a, that new Texas roadhouse here in town that's opening up, which has been, um, I don't, I don't understand <laughs> except for, I know the current location has like 10 parking spots and that's literally all I've ever seen talked about with the new, new locations. Like it can hold like 400 cars. I was like, oh, great. So I, I'm sure that new, new location of the Tex Roadhouse, which I think is still on the loop but over there by where that Toys R Us used to be in the mall. Yeah, the, it's off the slide. the mall. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there will be packed for a couple of weeks. Not because it's, you know, anything good. It's just it's a new-ish restaurant. I, I don't... Well, no, no, because it's Texas Roadhouse, too. Lubbock has an obsession with this place. Every time I drive by it, there's just people outside. There's people tailgating. I've seen people tailgating at like the the wireless place, seven businesses away, waiting for their Texas Roadhouse table. I mean, I'll make y'all some honey butter, and and I can get some yeast rolls from Mrs. Schubert. Y'all can hang out at my house and give you some. Let's see. That's it. That's all I can really do for you. I can't cook. I can't cook that many steaks. No, but I can. I could cook one or two. That'd be really good. You know, I, I haven't been there in so long. It, when when I lived in Abilene, um, one opened there, probably like a year or two before I I moved away to go to college, and it was pretty busy, but it was still never. Because I just kind of took it for granted. I remember when I moved to Lubbock, I was like, oh, Texas Roadhouse. I've eaten there in Abilene. I'm going to go there. And then you're like, you walk in and there's 97 people all crammed to your left right when you walk in. And they're all sitting on that church pew thing. And then there's 10, 10 or 15 more parties milling around outside. And there's guys with coolers. And you're like, oh, holy crap. So I don't think I've been since I was in college. But I, I mean, people say it's good. People, it's gotta be, it's gotta I, be worth the wait. Just, I just, I just have a hard time going to a restaurant but, like that and like ordering a steak. Well, what, what else would you get? I know it's like, it, like you go to a place like that to like a steakhouse to go to to get steak, but it's just like, I've just never had a really good steak at a place like that. It just feels like, why would I go to a steakhouse that's supposed to be known for steak and then get something that was like, eh, that wasn't that good. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I should try it again sometime, but, man, there's just no way. I think I would have to get there when they open, which is 3. or They don't do lunch, and they just do the evening. So it's and they don't do reservations or hold a table. 
No, no. I mean, and they don't have to. It's just so bizarre to me that it's probably the most popular restaurant in Lubbock, Texas, and probably has been for like two decades. So with the new one opening up, are, are you going to go? I'm not planning on it. <laughs> not I'll let it die down. Time. So, yeah, I'll let it die down. So, like, you know, maybe when Tex plans some big football game in five years on a Saturday – I'll skip the football game to go to Texas Roadhouse because maybe that'll be the dead time. Wow. When when ACU comes to town. (laughs) You don't want to see them take on uh, Keith Patterson and Maverick MacGyver? My heart can't take it. Yeah. Just can't take it. Too much invested. Your heart can't take that, but but it'll take a steak, huh? (laughs) Red meat's good for your heart. Sure. Depending on, depending on who you ask. All right. I think that'll do it for us tonight on the 23 Personnel Podcast. Uh, baseball season, 10 days away, man. By the time you listen to this, maybe under nine. Um, basketball, it's just a cluster right now. It, it, if, there's a, if there's a win that gets eked out, then we'll certainly celebrate that. Um, Lady Raiders are certainly posed to, to do some damage. Uh, so give them some of your attention. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. <laughs>